welcome into today's Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin, and I am very pleased to be joined by a man who we talk about long-suffering fans in, in the NFL, and, you know, people will talk about the Buccaneers, and people will now talk about the the Jets, but I think there there's one franchise uh, where it really, truly applies, and I, I described it previously, you know, as the factory of sadness, but it did become the house of fun last year. Uh, Gary Murphy, Detroit Lions fan. Welcome to the Irish NFL show, sir. Thanks, Colm. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, House of Pain is, uh, sums it up. Yeah, um, it's what I'm interested in how you became a Lions fan, because everyone has, and I suppose on this side of the Atlantic in particular, an NFL origin story. So what what is yours? So I'm from the generation who, uh, in their teens, grew up with uh, uh, Channel 4 American football in the in the early to mid-1980s. So I'm from inner city Cork, and in about 1983, our family got what was called a multi-channel. We lived in, you know, RT1 and then RT2 land. We eventually got what was called multi-channel BBC1, 2, ITV and Channel 4, and I stumbled across the Channel 4 NFL show. You might remember Mick Luckhurst was, and Gary Imlek were the hosts, and Luckhurst, of course, had played. He was a kicker, I think, with the Falcons. And uh, they showed the games a week behind. Uh, and so that was that was 1983. I would have been 15. I would have been doing my intercert uh, that year. And the first Super Bowl I ever watched was January of 1984. The then Los Angeles Raiders upset the uh, the Washington Redskins. I think Marcus Allen was the other uh, running back who was the MVP. And that was the first year I had kind of got into it. And we neither of my parents went to secondary school, but we had like you know, lots of books in our house. And we had um, a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas, I remember, and so when I got into watching this on the sort of a the Sunday night, my parents used to go out for a drink and kind of had a host. There was a few of us in the house, but uh, we always watched this. And uh, I started then rooting around in the Encyclopedia Britannica, finding out where all these places were, who these teams were. And I suppose, unfortunately for me, I discovered that uh, the Detroit Lions were owned by the Ford family. My father had a battered old Ford Cortina red with a black roof i mean i don't know how old it was but it was pretty old uh collector's item now the cartina long gone of course as you know and uh, so i said i will um i'll follow them and now in the late the mid to late 80s of course they were relatively competitive the like the grim days of the 2000s were uh were a long way away and of course they drafted barry sanders in 1989 i think uh, third in the draft aikman went first to the cowboys and they had obviously a very bad season the year before, but they, with him in the 90s, they were relatively competitive for most years. Uh, they won the NFC Central, I think, 93. They haven't won it since. They have never won the NFC North, as you know. And um, so, yeah, they became my uh, they became my team. And I, you know, I know a lot of people who started watching the NFL on Channel 4. And then RT, of course, showed it, I think, in 85, 6. So the year the, Bear, the famous Bears 85 team won at RT with Miles Dungan, who I got to know afterwards uh, professionally. He was the host. And uh, they showed it for, you know, I think three or four years, maybe in the late 80s. And while many people sort of drifted away from it, I 
I stuck with it. And then when I got older and, you know, made some money, I made sure that um, we had Sky Sports in uh, in our house, which we have to this uh, to this day, which uh, is my sort of uh, guilty, guilty passion and on Sunday nights uh, when everyone goes to bed I watch um, I watch the NFL I mean it's obviously the viewing has changed with red zone and uh, you know game pass so it's, I can you know buy the Lions and watch them every weekend and, um, so over the years I've just I've stuck with them through some horrendously grim times 2008 famous Norton 16 uh, I can still remember you know nearly all those games and uh, and over the years I've started going to uh to the states and watching them and uh that's how uh, that's my origin story and as you said like they're they're interesting right because they have such a storied history i mean the, the the lines go back to 1930 and they're but they've never they've never won a super bowl and you know they're why i was looking this up the winningest coach to use that americanism is is Wayne Fontes, who actually lost more games than than he won, and that's the winningest coach. So, but at the same time, there are so many players that stand out, right? I mean, Bar- Barry's certain certainly the the smoothest runner the NFL has, has ever seen, and you could make an argument that best runner. Everyone remembers Megatron, and if we talk me like that, kind of watching it, and I've talked about this a bit on the show, and you mentioned it there, like the highlights were eight days old. So it was a very different sort of experience. But for the 91 season, right, when the Lions run into potentially the greatest team in history in that in that 91 Redskins team were absolutely unbelievable in, in what they were able to do to, to others and bully them. Like how much of that season were you able to, to watch and, and comprehend, Gary? So in 1991, I was a postgraduate research student in uh, in UCC, and I remember trying to figure out on the Sunday after the Monday, and and on the Sunday when they beat played the Dallas Cowboys in the um in the conference, uh, uh what do they call it the um the divisional game divisional game. Peter King is always complaining that it's not really called a proper. There's no real name for it, <laughs> and uh, the Evening Echo used. Uh, give the results and uh, I said there must be a better way and uh, it was in the early days of uh, of CFAX uh, uh, you know the teletext on the televisions but I checked it that morning and it, it wasn't in but I got the echo as early as I could and I saw that Lions had hammered the Cowboys uh, which was you know fantastic Lions won a playoff game uh, they haven't won one since of course and I can go through some of the grim uh, grim games not, not that they've been in too many since and then, of course, they were playing that that great Redskins team, as you mentioned. Now, that game was live on Channel 4. They showed the uh, the championship games. So I was able to watch the the NFC championship game, uh, which would have been in January 92. And they were blown away. I mean, they, you know, they not, not only did they not turn up, but like, as you said, they were playing just a phenomenal Redskins team. Uh, John Riggins, that great offensive line, a tremendous defense, and um, and and, you know, and the Lions. Then, if they couldn't get Sanders going, and I think he ran for about maybe 15, 20 yards. If they couldn't get him going, they literally, you know, they could go, they could go nowhere. And the following year, you know, hopes high, but they, you know, I think they went five and eleven or something, and um, they were competitive in ninety three and lost a terrible game to Green Bay, a famous game on YouTube where Favre showed a. I tried to touchdown pass in the last, you know, seconds or two. Needless to say, a wide open receiver, uh, and it sort of went downhill. And then when Barry retired, 
as he did uh, early in, I think, 1998. It's been, it's been a pretty grim picture there. I've had tremendous players, obviously, Calvin Johnson, as you said. Matthew Stafford himself, who I thought was a great quarterback, really good in the clutch in the fourth quarter, but for some reason... And never really played well in the playoffs, with the exception of the, the famous game in January 2015 against Dallas. Now, I know everyone thinks they've been jobbed by the reps, but anyone who ever watched that game, the Lions were clearly jobbed by the reps uh, in Dallas. They were 2017 up with about five minutes to go driving, had a pass interference, blatant pass interference call uh, given, and then the, the refs picked up the flag. They punted on fourth and one, and Sam Martin, who later to the George team, the Broncos, shanked a punt five yards. I always remember it. And needless to say, the Cowboys went down, got a touchdown, Tony Romo. I think that was the sickest I ever felt about the uh, watching the Lions. And at this stage, I was like, you know, <laughs> nearly 50 or whatever. But um, yeah, so I mean, they were competitive in the 90s. But the, uh, I mean, I think Matt Millen, when they hired him as general manager, which I think was around 2000 or so, uh, it really he he really didn't know what he was doing, and I think most people would uh, would accept that. No, I think he accepts he did a terrible job. Uh, the owner William Clay Ford stuck with him too long, and um and they drafted terribly. I mean they would every now and again look out and you know they drafted Johnson in two thousand and seven number two. But if you're drafting so high, you're always going to like sooner or later. I mean they drafted Matthew Stafford in eight after the 08 season. They drafted in Dominican Sue. Uh, and we're and we're competitive. I mean, in one way, after two thousand and eight, where they went not in sixteen, you'd say, "My God, it'll take them years to come back." But three years later, they were in the playoffs when Jim Schwartz got them in uh, on a wild card. Although they were, they were blown away by the Saints, I thought he was a little bit unlucky. Uh, in I remember staying up late to watch one of the night games in twenty thirteen against the Ravens, where Justin Tucker hit a sixty one yard. And now a few years only two last year before last, he kicked that longest field goal in history but in 2013 it was a Monday night game and I stayed up and the Lions I think were at this stage they were probably seven and six and with a reasonable schedule for the last three and then they should have won that game he kicked this monster field goal and it just summed up everything about being being a Lions fan uh, yeah that Ravens 2013 that brings uh, and and Ravens kind of spoiling the party. I definitely can empathize with with that part. And you mentioned that you have had the opportunity to to see the Lions in in the flesh. I think on both sides of of the Atlantic. I yeah. was interested in in hearing a little bit about those trips. Yeah. So my wife, uh, my long suffering wife, took me my first Lions game. It was in January two thousand and ten. It was the last game of the 09-10 season after the 08 season. And she said, oh, let's go to uh, Detroit. And I said, you know, why would we go to Detroit in January? It'd be freezing cold. Um, would be nothing to do. Now, afterwards, we went to Vegas. It's a much more, much, much hotter. It's nothing else. And we watched the, started the last game of the season. I mean, the stadium was probably three quarters full, uh, Ford Field. Stafford, it was his first year, he was a rookie, but he had got injured in a game against Cleveland where you see him throwing a touchdown with his broken shoulder, uh, pops up on YouTube. Um, I think Dante Culpepper was the, the former great Vikings quarterback, was the quarterback right at the end of his career. And they were beaten anyway by the Bears comfortably, but that was the first time I went. And then over the years, I've um, been on various sabbaticals in the United States. I was in the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. 
and I went up to Detroit with a friend of mine to see the Lions play the Carolina Panthers in 2011. That's the year Jim Schwartz got them to the, to the playoffs. Uh, I've seen them in London, where they famously beat the Falcons in 14. They had a very good team in 14, which was the, the year the Cowboys beat them in the playoffs under Jim Caldwell. And you might remember they kicked the last second field goal, Matt Prater, uh, to beat the Falcons. And then the following year, they were blown away by the Chiefs. And then they sacked their sacked the, the general manager and the president and the offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, the same week. And then, bizarrely enough, went home and beat Green Bay for the first time in Wisconsin in, I think, two and a half decades or so. And I, I remember, like, Lions would go to, go to Lambeau and would constantly be beat. The following year, I was in Lambeau. I was in Lambeau in 2016 when, when I was on sabbatical in Notre Dame. A friend of mine, we drove up, and Lambeau is an extraordinary place. I mean, it's a little bit like, I don't know, McCroom or somewhere. And I mean, it's just, or Fermoy, but no, Fermoy is bigger. Uh, you uh, I mean, you drive through it in 10 minutes. It's got this extraordinary old stadium. And for anyone who's been there, it is, it is an amazing place. Uh, and uh, well worth uh, well worth seeing. I, that same year, I saw them in Detroit against the Eagles. They won. And in Chicago, which is only a two and a half hour train journey from Notre Dame. So I saw them three times that season. I signed them in Dallas against the Cowboys in 2018 under the much, uh, I was going to say the much maligned, but rightly maligned, Matt Patricia era. We want to forget about that era, really. And um, I saw them against the Chiefs in 2019, Patrick Mahomes, who was just obviously a generational player. In the game that they were, again, beaten in the last minute. Mahomes had a fourth and seven under 40, and needless to say, he completed it. The stadium was, you know, I've been in lots of sports stadiums, uh, you know, hurling, football, soccer. Uh, I've never been in a place as loud as it was that at uh, that time. He, Mahomes, he clearly was on a silent count. He couldn't hear. It was just bedlam. Uh, but he completed the pass, needless to say, in fourth and seven with about 30 seconds left and went down and got a touchdown and <laughs> beat them. It was early in that season. It was a terrible season. Covid, of course, then Patricia got sacked, and uh, I uh, I haven't seen them since. But uh, I'm going to, I'm hoping to go to uh, to a game probably later this year. I'm going to watch the Ravens Titans game in uh, in London in, in October. My son is Ravens fan, so we're going to that. But I hope to get to Detroit again at at some stage. Dallas is an amazing stadium. I mean, Jerry's World. It's just you know for those of us on this side of the Atlantic. You know, it's a short Uber drive out and it's easy enough to get there and get back, but then it's just enormous. And this jumbo trying to have in the middle of the uh of the stadium. You can literally see the sweat on the uh, on the players' brows. Needless to say, that was another game the Lions were in it right to the end and lost in the last second field goal. So but I have seen them win. They beat the Panthers, they beat the Eagles. Yes, I've seen them win at least uh, at least twice. I and they won to beat the to beat the Falcons that time. So yeah, but I'm uh, you know like uh, like why why do we watch sports? It's like you know every season brings something uh, something new. And I do think I listened to Ken Ken Platts on with you a few weeks ago, uh, the guy who brought up the Rats scores, who's a Lions fan, and he was on about you know the hope that's been uh, generated under Dan Campbell and uh, the head coach, who former player, of course. Uh, with the Lions and uh, the general manager Brad Holmes, who, as far as I can tell, for the the first general manager in a, in a very long time, who seems to know what he's, uh, what he's doing and what he's about. I listened to a podcast with him today where he was talking about the draft. You know, the Lions had a 
very controversial draft where they drafted Jameer Gibbs 12 and they're drafting players rather than position and he seems to know what he's doing. So yeah, hope springs, um, hope springs eternal. Um, I was wondering where, where you got to compare Jerry's world to, to the new Parky Cueve and maybe that's where Frank, uh, Frank Murphy got the, the inspiration from, but, uh, he had a roof, uh, maybe, but it's, yeah, the new Parky Cueve is actually very good, isn't it? It's, yeah, it is indeed. I suppose you mentioned the, the Matt Patrician that you'd rather forget it, but was that the nadir? Like, I mean, you gave, you t- talked earlier about like the sickest you've ever been, but in terms of, you know, the, the Lions not being competitive and just everything kind of, it just, it felt not as a lion, but from the outside, it just said everything was off when, when Patricia was there. Yeah. So they had a, obviously Jim Caldwell was a pretty good coach, I think. So he got into the playoffs in 14 where they really should have beat the Cowboys in, in Jerry's world. And as I said, I think most people would think that the refs kind of did him in the last, uh, I mean, there were some terrible hometown decisions, one would say. Uh, two years later, in 2016, the year I was actually in the States and I'd, I'd seen them a few times, uh, Calvin Johnson was gone, but Stafford were very good at that year and he uh, he engineered a few late, few fourth quarter comebacks. And um, But they lost the final game of the season to the uh, to the Packers in, in Detroit. Winner takes all for the division. And they then played Seattle and lost quite comfortably. I think they lost 26-6 or something and really didn't, never got sort of going. The following year, 2017, they were competitive but didn't make the playoffs. And they brought in Bob Quinn, who had been one of Belichick's sort of a, uh, one of Belichick's lieutenants in, in New England as as general manager. And he was sort of all business brusque. Uh, you know, he was asked would Matthew Stafford have had any input into the hiring of the new coach? And he simply said, no, uh, it's my job, which is fair enough. He hired Patricia. Now, you know, we all know the history of assistants from New England when they get head coaching jobs. They don't tend to work out for the most part. Although Bill O'Brien has had some success in Houston. But, and it was just, you know, he... I remember watching the first game of the Patricia era was on Sky on the Monday night, the first game of the season. They played the Giants. No, sorry, they played the Jets. It was Sam Darnold's first game. The first pass he threw was intercepted by Quandre Diggs for a pick six. And you say, oh, this is a great start. And then they were just humiliated afterwards. And that, you know, it didn't get much better. The following year was even worse. And the COVID year, I remember you mentioned the Buccaneers at the start with Brady, humiliated the the Lions in a uh, in a late season game, Texans destroyed them on Thanksgiving, and uh, they just weren't they weren't even competitive. And there was a picture of Sheila Ford Hamp, the owner, the, the daughter of William Clay Ford and Sheila Ford, or, uh, uh, yeah, the daughter of the of the old the former owners, and uh, you could see her with her head in her hands. She fired Patricia and Bob Quinn. I think the following day, hired Campbell. Hired homes and uh, they seem to know what they're doing. I mean, Ken Platts would have told you about the famous. And I watched that press conference live. That's how kind of sad I am. Uh, uh, of Dan Campbell, where he talked about biting kneecaps, and you know all the, the national press started laughing at him, whatever. But uh, he's got he's doing something right. I mean, he's they've drafted well, and uh, not just in the first round, you know, but in the second and third round. Amon Rasen Bro famously, uh, in the third round uh, two years ago. Um, Lee McNeil, the defensive tackle, 
Last year, they drafted uh, Kirby Joseph, who intercepted Rodgers twice in the uh, the last game of the season. Um, intercepted Rodgers' last pass in uh, in Green Bay. And that was a big win, of course, although they had been knocked out by the when the Seahawks lost to the, or Seahawks beat the Rams, I should say, uh, a couple of hours earlier. So hope is high this year now. You know, as you pointed out to Ken, they, they played the Chiefs in the first game, which I think is a sign that, you know, something's going right. I don't think the NFL would have given the Lions that game if they were expecting a a blowout. And, you know, I hope it won't be a blowout. We'd always be a little nervous with Mahomes, who was just, I said earlier, sort of a generational uh, talent. But the Lions, they played for years, like they simply didn't have any talent. The Patricia era, I mean, Quinn and him, they got rid of Diggs, they got rid of Darius Slay. You know, they didn't go rid of anyone really who wasn't doing the sort of the Patriot way. The 2018, I mean, they really had no talent then when they lost, when they went not in 16. Uh, they do have talent now. They've got a very good offensive line led by Frank Ragno at centre, who was, I think, one of the best centres in the in the league. And it's really, but it's like anything else, it's that quarterback, isn't it? And I remember watching your show, Column, last year with with Michael Bryan and Mark and Mark saying, you know, the lines are going nowhere because uh, they've got Jared Goff as uh, as quarterback. And I mean, in one way, it's hard to disagree with him. Uh, but Goff played really well last year. I mean, Holmes was in was it was with the Rams when they moved up to select Goff as number one in the twenty sixteen draft. I mean, when he was traded, Rams you know, just wanted wanted rid of him, wanted rid of his contract. They gave the Lions two first round picks. Uh, for Matthew Stafford and they gave him Goff. I think the expectation in Detroit was he would be a stopgap. They would draft, would be drafting high and would draft a replacement eventually for Stafford. But he uh, he played really well last year. And anyone who stayed up to watch that Lions-Packers game would see how well he did. Uh, he played in, well in the cold. And um, but it, I mean, the NFL, as you know, is, it's a passing game. And I was saying that the Lions drafted Jameer Gibbs very high at 12 this year. And uh, I think the phrase "as Goff goes, the Lions goes" is uh, will be uh, will be true. I think. And I suppose, do you like some teams? Right, it would seem, and, and whether it's any stock in this, but some teams are seem very comfortable with being favourites, and some teams seem much better with being underdogs. Right, Kerry never seems to bother them when they're favourites. They expect, they want to be favourites, really. For for the Lions, they go into this season as the favourites in for, for most people for the the North. How does that feel, Gary? It feels really weird uh, because I've been watching the Lions as I hit for 40 years in various guises and I've seen, you know, coaches come and go. You mentioned Wayne Fonts. Remember Steve Mariucci was really good with the 49ers. There was great hope when he came and that quickly went belly up. Uh, Jim Schwartz, Rod Marinelli, Jim Caldwell, Patricia. So to see Campbell, you know, going for it so often on fourth down last year, and he he plays kind of fast and loose. Uh, he's got the got good players playing the way he wants them to play. They're playing with with confidence. So it's uh, I think he will relish being, uh, being favourites. I think he said, you know, it's no time to put up our our shut up. But I think for the long suffering fan base, it's a bit spooky. I think we're conditioned, at least I'm certainly conditioned for it all to go wrong and to be, you know, tearing what here I've left now, you know, uh, five to nine on a Sunday night when another last minute field goal, you know, crushes all our, our hopes and dreams. 
I mean, I would just like to see the Lions win a playoff game. But the expectation, I you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I follow the uh, uh, the various Lions beat writer on Twitter and whatnot. And, you know, they know what they're talking about and writing about. And, you know, they all expect the Lions to, be, to go well and be competitive. I think the Vikings have probably gone back a little bit. Bears are coming. I mean, obviously, Fields looks oh, amazing, but whether he can put, like, you know, a sustained number of games at quarterback is the question. And, of course, we don't know what the Packers are going to be like with Roger, without Rodgers, but, you know, you expect them not to be as good uh, with Jordan Love, although my worry is, of course, Love will be the next generation after Favre and, and Rodgers and break my heart for, for years to come. But I, I, I think they'll go well. I mean, the schedule is... They've got a tough start. They they're away to Kansas City. They never really important home game against Seattle, who've had their measure uh, for years and beat them in a big shootout. You might remember early in last year's uh, season. I think then they they're at home to Atlanta and then away to Green Bay in a night game. So I mean, if they can come out of that two and two, it would set them up. I think. I mean, the fear is it'll go all go wrong, but. Uh, yeah, it's spooky but exciting. I mean, I I am more excited now, and I know I'll be fifty five when the season starts. So you know, a long way from the fifteen uh, year old kid who first started getting first interested in the uh, in the NFL, and I think this is probably uh, the most excited I I've been. I mean, I I've seen Matthew Stafford play as I say, you know, five or six times, and I thought he was really, and I was really delighted when they won the Super Bowl because. You know, it seemed to me a decent guy, and you know, he was really, really very good, but he just. If for one reason or another, they their defense was never too good when they had him. They now have a pretty balanced team, and uh, I have great hope uh, that this season they will win the NFC North, and you know have maybe have a well then would have a, a home playoff game, and I would win one. That would be that's what I'm looking forward to come uh, come January. Well, I'd love to have you back on if we get to maybe towards the beginning of October, and and let's see where the Lions are at that point, whether they have, you know, gotten two and two or or better. I mean, could they shock the world and get that win in Arrowhead to open the season?